Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Weekly Soapbox. I'm Chris Bennington. And I'm TJ Horan. And this week, we are going to reflect upon the JMU Spring Game that happened this week. Chris Chris went to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, how'd you enjoy it? Um, it was awesome. First, first things first, uh, it was weird as a band member sitting... I was like sitting front row on the home side of the stadium. Not in the bandstands. Not in the bandstands, <laughs> which are off on the end zone. Um, and so it was weird getting kind of a lateral view of the game. Uh, but it was really fun. It was a uh, good energy. Um, lots of, obviously, as I said last week, lots of anticipation surrounding the game. And it lived up to every bit of my expectations for the game. First of all, I'm incredibly excited for the fall football season. Um, So first interesting thing that I want to mention, many of our starters from last season, Clayton Cheatham, Riley Stapleton, Cardon Johnson, Trey Sharp, uh, were not starting in the spring game. So it was really a scrimmage for the younger players, the players that might not get a lot of playtime or have not gotten a lot of playtime in the past an opportunity to really step up and really um, get a sense of what the game was like. So the way that it was formatted, um, points were awarded to either the offense or the defense for the outcome of the game. And they had different, different points uh, for like different amounts of points for each um, event that could take place. Um, Biggest thing that I noticed throughout the game is each quarterback got a lot of play time. Um, Really, uh, like, you know, Ben DiNucci and Gage Maloney, obviously, but, or Cole Johnson, obviously, but Gage Maloney, the freshman, and Hunter Etheridge, our um, current holder, uh, actually got a lot of playtime. And Hunter Etheridge actually was one that came up with one of the only touchdowns on the day. Unfortunately, it was called back for a penalty, but, um, you know, our, it, it just goes to show the competition of the quarterback position is, is really intense. Um, I think they've settled on two quarterbacks right now, uh, Ben DiNucci, the Pittsburgh transfer, and Cole Johnson, who's Brian Shore's backup last year. They got a lot of play time, and it took them a little bit to really get uh, comfortable and, and look really good in the pocket, but they both um, made a lot of really good plays. Um, our, one of our, our freshmen, now going to be a sophomore running back, Percy Ajay Obese, got a lot of play time uh, during the game, made a lot of really good plays, really good runs up the middle, some outside passes, screen passes that he was able to make, really, really good dynamic player, worked really well on his feet. Um, and it was good. Our defense ended up coming up with the victory or white squad. They were all wearing the white uniforms and our offense was wearing the purple uh, uniforms. So team white ended up winning. So our defense, obviously uh, our defense has been one of our strongest aspects of the team in the past. And, and they came up with a big victory uh, for the spring game, but all in all it was a really enjoyable environment. Um, really great. All of the recruits and people that have signed for the team next year, high school seniors uh, were all in attendance, uh, along with all of their families. So it was so the entire team that we were we are taking to Raleigh, North Carolina, to NC State was in attendance at the spring game, either playing or otherwise. Um, so it was a really good. It was a really good uh, 
really great environment. It was a lot of fun. You know, I got to sit front row on the 50 yard line and that was really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun and set it, setting it up for really good summer practices. And I'm really looking forward to see what the football team does in the fall. Uh, do you, did you overestimate or underestimate how many people actually were at the game? Um, I, I know spring games are not very highly attended anyway. Um, I think so were you surprised one way or the other. I, I, you know, I can't, I can't really say. I, I didn't really know what to expect. Yeah. Um, I think I would imagine that we had more people in attendance simply because, um, you know, simply because of the past two seasons that we've had. Right. You know, the hype surrounding the team with two trips to Frisco. I will say um, there were a lot of other things going around on campus that day. First of all, the big one, Matapalooza, which is our spring festival that JMU puts on on East Campus every year with live music and um, games and free stuff, uh, which all free stuff, you know, always attracts college students. And then they had the, the big event, which is the volunteering uh, opportunity that organizations get to uh, partake in and it's you know one day where you know organizations can sign up and they go out and they get a designated uh, service event and they go and do that and that's kind of the big event and, you know it's called the big event um, so that you know those two other things were going on uh, so there's a lot going on this weekend um, so I didn't really I you know yeah long story short you know I really didn't know what to expect and I was pleasantly surprised yeah yeah no, that's fair um, but nevertheless it sounds like it was an enjoyable experience. Absolutely, yeah. Um, got your fill-in until September. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Good. Um, well, aside from the spring game, we're, we're going to move into today's um, life questions, as it were. Um, and I'll let you also start with this one. Um, as many of you know, both of us are both music people. Um, so I was wondering, what music did you grow up with? Um, man, I kind of grew up with everything, you know, my dad being a band director, you know, NPR and the classical music radio was always a huge, uh, very popular, um, in my family, not so much my mom. She's not really a musician. She actually studied fashion merchandising, uh, in college and is now a marketing manager. Um, so at least when it was just like, you know, me, my brother, my dad, the, the musicians in the family going on, on trips on just us, um, you know, classic music was always a big hit, you know, and as of recently, we and my dad actually started having listening competitions to see who can most closely guess the composer of the piece of music, um, which is incredibly hard on like Sundays where they play broke music. Wow, that's difficult. Um, but my dad actually was in a in the '90s was in a ska band in Richmond called Boy Oh Boy. Later, changing their name to Fighting Gravity. Um, and so I kind of grew up uh, not really around that scene. He kind of left that uh, that ska that you know kind of alt you know rock yeah. 90s rock kind of scene in richmond before i was born um started teaching and then had me and my brother yeah um, it's got to be hard doing that with kids yeah so he he left that um before i was born but that was kind of like the music that we were brought up on you know 311 um you know bostonians uh, real big fish uh were really popular um 
with my dad and that, you know, on, you know, car trips. And that was always kind of the, you know, the thing that we would listen on, you know, both my parents really, you know, hitting their early adulthood in the eighties and nineties. It's kind of what, you know, kind of what me and my brother grew up on, um, which is kind of that alt scene that was very closely associated with the city of Richmond where my parents met and I grew up most of my time. Um, so that was a lot, you know, I kind of like, there's a little bit of everything. We never really growing up. We never li- really listened to pop unless, you know, I was with my friends listening to the ra- radio or anything. It was kind of more of, more of that kind of stuff. What about you, TJ? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I had a, a, a weirder experience with music growing up because me, well, I guess my mom was sort of involved in like a classical setting. She was in high school band for a little while, uh, but not really to any great extent. Um, both my parents, honestly, they both listen to like heavy metal. Um, and then they both grew up in the seventies and the eighties. So they listen to a lot of seventies and eighties music, um, when they're not doing that. I never was a fan of the metal, but I, I kind of dig some of the seventies and eighties music. Like even to this day, my alarm is heart or uh, barracuda by heart. Mm, that's um, a good one. You know, very reminiscent seventies, eighties vibes. Um, my mom like loves Pat Benatar and I also love Pat Benatar and some of the others, you know, big staples from back in the day from when they were younger. Uh, but when I was, I guess more in middle school time, you know, end of elementary school, middle school time. Um, my, my sister is four years older than I am. Um, and my sister pretty generically listened to, um, pop music and whatnot. So that's what I got turned to. Um, just cause that was, that's with having the older si- sister, that's just what I thought everybody listened to. And it, I mean, it's pop music. So it was, you know, it was what people who I went to school with generally listened to. Um, but then when I got to high school I started doing, um, band and music and other things like that, that's when I started developing more of a classical ear. Um, and now I listen to classical music all the time, freely. Um, I, I'm not terribly active in ensembles anymore, but that's still the music I listen to when I'm relaxing, when I'm doing homework, when I'm at work. Um, but that it surely was not the music that I grew up with. So I've had like this weird trajectory over the years. Um, that being said, I still listen to some pop music. Um, I my radio is set to pop stations and rock and like early classic rock stations. Um, again, reminiscent of my parents, my mother, especially. Um, and, um, sometimes I'll branch out and try listening to new things. Like, uh, obviously EDM is really popular these days and I've given that a try a few times. And, um, some, some is better than others, but it, yeah. it kind of varies. <clears throat> yeah. My, you know, I, uh, my mom also listened to a lot, you know, well, both my parents listened to a lot of pop stuff in the eighties. And I think a lot of my knowledge about, you know, eighties music comes from my mom, really. That's, you know, even, even to this day, you know, when I'm, you know, going with my mom anywhere, you know, <clears throat> the satellite radio set to the eighties station yeah, yeah. is pretty much everything that we listen to. And it's great. There's so many, so much great stuff. Um, never, never actually listened to too much classic rock. Um, like, um, oh God, I had my knowledge of the eighties rock and hair band. Yeah. The rock and hair band. Like, uh, 
No, no, I wouldn't even really put like Queen in that, but like like Van Halen, Van Halen, that sort of, uh, you know, Van Halen, ACDC, Guns N' Roses. Yeah. like I was never, <clears throat> never really into that. And my knowledge of that kind of music has come come about through my own kind of exploration. Uh, never really from my parents. Yeah. Um, and I will say when I got into high school, I got really into like. New Orleans style brass bands like um, a really popular one is the Youngblood Brass Band um, and they they really tour worldwide and I think a more local one that has really started gotten popular from where I'm from in Richmond is No BS Brass Band yeah, um, yeah. both of those two groups I, I you know I, I really started to kind of discover those in high school because No BS especially was really starting to take off in the Richmond area when I was when I started high school. And I say a lot of the stuff that I listened to in high school as far as that kind of thing was really influenced by um <clears throat> Person that I went to high school with, person that I went to college with, a uh, guy by the name of Charlie Fries, uh, was very influential to me and in kind of the stuff that I listened to in high school, whether it be Youngblood or No BS or even like, you know, jazz, uh, jazz musicians like Charles Mingus. Um, you know, I kind of discovered like jazz, a little jazz a little bit on my own through, you know, jazz clarinet players like Artie Shaw and Benny Goodman. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a lot of that, a lot of that kind of stuff came through high school. Yeah. Um, and I actually really didn't start listening, like avidly listening to classical music until I came to college. Um, you know, music for me when I was in high school was really just kind of, I was, I was just there doing band and that's kind of what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And I knew that's what it was, but then, you know, I came to college and, and studying music really opened up my eyes to a lot of different things because there's so many different people with very diverse musical backgrounds and, you know, different things that they like, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we get a, a, a unique experience because both of us were in a music fraternity. A lot of, and a lot of it is rooted in band and orchestra and chorus, the classic idea, but there are some, um, you know, band rockers as, you know, one by my, classically think of it um with the bands like the kick the aquarium and um those sorts of ensembles so we we get a, a unique mix and even the the people who are involved with band orchestra and chorus they have their own you know musical taste well outside of the classical sphere um that have enlightened me some to different musical possibilities yeah i and i gotta say this kind of going back to pet peeves, what we talked about last week, but I, as a musician, one of the things that irritates me the most is when, you know, someone who's not a musician that I'll meet for the first time, like, Oh yeah, I'm a music major. And they just assume that all I listen to is like eat, sleep and breathe classical music. Yeah. When in reality, that's actually the smallest portion of my, um, I guess musical taste now and really what I, you know, the bulk of what I listen to nowadays, you know, yeah, I would say the bulk of what I listen to now is, is top 40 and, you know, kind of more alt indie kind of folkish bands like, you know, Mumford and Sons and the head and the heart and uh, even stuff like the Lumiere's and, you know, stuff like that is really the bulk of what I listen to. And it just, it really irritates me when people are like, all I assume I listen to is like Beethoven, Mozart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. Like I think since I'm removed from like the music major 
idea. I think I listen to more classical music than some of my music major friends because that's, I, you know, I don't play it every day. I never play it anymore. Um, but to me, so the listening is like my only avenue as well. Um, and I, my, my freshman year roommate, he was a music major and still is. And he pretty much like exclusively listens to rap of all things. Um, you know, of all varieties. And it was enlightening to me to see that. I was like, huh, interesting. Um, you know, branch out, find what you like. Um, don't feel limited to just one genre. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, if you enjoy it, continue to listen to it, but continue to branch out. Yeah. See what you like. Absolutely. My thing is like, you know, I've been in wind symphony now for, this is my seventh semester and there's only been so much I can take listening to wind band music. Yeah, yeah. Like I've like, I've been exposed to it so much. I'm like, I, you know, I need something else. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I, I think that's a fair point. A lot of people in the music major atmosphere made. Yeah. So, all right. So now for a more of a kind of thought or more of a meta kind of discussion, the question is, do you set time aside to reflect? Yes. Um, the, well, it's a weird app. Usually I don't set specific time aside to reflect. But I will often, especially when I'm driving home at night, or um, I'm a history major, so I end up in the library a lot at night. Um, you know, walking back from there, it's very calm and relaxed um i'm surrounded by noise all day um so it's very rare to actually get a time to reflect um but i take those moments and seize upon them to sit back and reflect um about what's happened the past few days and um what's coming up and how i can best prepare for it usually using what has happened to me in a more reflective state um so those those spare moments of freedom um, from the clutter of the day, um, that's when I try and set aside time for reflection. Um, in addition, sometimes I think, even if I don't have anything else, if I'm not doing anything in the moment, I unfortunately sometimes can still get bogged down with things I still have to do. Mm -hmm. um, and it's moving all that clutter out and just really thinking about what's happened either recently or, you know, more long-term. Um, but do I set time aside? I, I guess not, at least not frequently. I sometimes will make a drive. Um, as many of you know, uh, we both live in Harrisburg, Virginia, which is in the Shenandoah Valley and about an hour away from Charlottesville, Virginia. And between here and Charlottesville, there are nice uh, scenic um views scenic overlooks um on the interstate 64 corridor um and it's very nice and i've been known to go just look um yeah. because it's like yeah want to get away for a little while uh that's the way to do it so yeah absolutely especially especially you know in the mountains there's yeah. nothing quite like just looking out over the Appalachian mountains and just kind of letting it like soaking it all in and just kind of realizing how small and insignificant you are yeah. and just kind of existing in yeah. space, you know, is really, really all inspiring. Do you set time aside? Um, I do 
I, I don't ever purposely do it. I, I find yeah. that reflection is kind of something that kind of happens organically. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat. And, and, you know, and that's why I really like walking to and from campus. You know, we live, what, two blocks from campus. We, you know, it's, it's about a 15-minute walk from my apartment to the edge of campus. And I, I really like to take time at the beginning, at the end of my day to kind of like walk to campus to really kind of focus myself and really get myself motivated and in the mindset of what I need to do. And then at the end of the day, I love walking home and just taking time to reflect upon a hopefully productive day and just kind of think about what's coming next. I think for me, walking is like the best way that I kind of get in a very reflective mindset. Yeah. I, I, you see, I don't know how serious people really take it when I like ask them this, but like I've started the practice of literally just asking people how their day were mm. because I actually want to know how your day was. Mm. And it's like, this is a chance for you to reflect, um, you know, maybe not internally, but externally. Um, because I, I think it's important that we do so, but I'm, I'm like you in the same boat. I don't purposefully, explicitly usually set a time aside to do so but it is healthy to do yeah absolutely and you know i think even just like talking about how your day was to somebody can be very cathartic and like you can just take any like pent-up stress that you have and just kind of like talk about it and let it you know kind of just air out your dirty laundry as it were and you know you can really just take it and it might be like such a such a simple thing and maybe it won't really get down into the subconscious um but it's really healthy to do i find when i really want to tap into the subconscious and really start to think about you know kind of my place in life and, and you know kind of where i'm at i really you know try and take longer walks especially in the summertime when it's nice yeah out yeah at night um yeah, even just kind of talking about how your day was to someone can be very beneficial. I mean, honestly, it's like super generic and that's one of the reasons why it's kind of like joked about now. But like, honestly, like nightly walks on the beach are actually like the most peaceful things. Oh, or like they, re- yeah. they really actually are like they've kind of turned into a joke now. Like who actually walks on the beach? It's like if I could at night in the summer, I definitely would. Every it's day. so peaceful. You hear the ocean and the, the sand's not like burning. It's yeah. usually a nice breeze. It's it really is like therapeutic at that point. Yeah, there's this there's this thing. It's a scientific term. Something like it's like it has to do with like sensory, and then another word that I can't think of. And it's where like when you know you are stimulated by or not even stimulated when you have. A, just a wash of of something, whether it be like in the shower and you just have you're letting the water kind of like rush over you, or you just have the the constant flow of waves. It kind of lets your mind just wander, and it's a scientific thing. And I don't know, I can't remember what it's called, but that's why you know I love sleeping with the window open because you let all that natural just kind of sound that is just kind of really organic and it, and it really kind of takes your mind to a different place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in suburbs, um, in very busy Northern Virginia. Um, so coming to the mountains for college and being surrounded and, you know, it sometimes it's hard when you're on the campus, but you don't have to go far to get away from the, the clutter of it all. And I, I should take that advice more seriously more often. 
Um, but I also urge other people to do so as well. It helps. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really great for me because I grew up, you know, two miles away from Interstate 95. Yeah. Uh, just, and, I grew and, up about two miles from the Capitol Beltway. Yep. And like 20 miles from downtown Richmond. And it was it was always crazy. Um, and being in the mountains and then, you know, visiting the beach and having the opportunity to kind of get away from all that clutter is really, really awesome. Yeah, definitely. Well, I... Uh, I think this was a, a thoughtful discussion. Um, Very thought-provoking. And at least I hope you, the listeners take something away from this because I'm going to take something away from it, and I'm just talking about it. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And um, it's something we can all try and attest to a little bit more, Yeah. especially as we move into the summer. Yeah, taking time to reflect is really important, especially after the, after the school year's done. It's a really good time to kind of re- – reassess and reestablish self yeah totally agree well i think that'll do it for uh, us today on the weekly soapbox yet again i'm tj Haran and i'm chris pennington and we'll see you next week podcast you just heard was recorded with anchor if you want to make your own download the android or ios app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast that's anchor.fm slash podcast